We're thankful that you're here. We have children downstairs, and I know Easter Sunday, in fact, we want to wish you a happy Easter and uh, say, um, you know, I know the traditionally it's egg hunts and the egg is a symbol of sort of the spring and the birth and new birth and rabbits and uh, uh, Easter bunnies and all those wonderful things. But in fact, <clears throat> what I started, I preached last Sunday, and, and, and we're going to build on it just for a few moments as we look in the word of the Lord. But basically, the Lord came to build the church and to, to build a church. And what a privilege it is to be part of the church and to be part of the bride and to be part of the church. As I mentioned and read last Sunday, where Acts 20th chapter and the 28th verse, says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God that he hath purchased with his own blood. And what you heard in song about uh, uh, the, you know, whether true, accurate or not, the potential of a family going to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. Uh, it was an important. It was an important time. It was an important ceremony. It was uh, hearkened all the way back to the time whenever the children of Israel were in Egypt and they put blood over the doorpost and they celebrate it with a, a plate of food and each of the food represents some of the things that they went through, the lamb, the salt water representing tears and the the bitter herbs and all of these things to remember how that at one point a lamb had to be slain for them to somehow escape the, the captivity of the land of Egypt. And so, in fact, the cross was that very sense of the, the, the fulfillment of the Passover. As a matter of fact, in, whenever John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb that, of, the, of the Lord. And in Revelation, it says, The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Matthew records it like this. From that time forth began Jesus to show his his disciples, how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised again on the third day. And of course, the disciples didn't get it. They, they didn't understand. And I mentioned last, I read these verses last Sunday because the disciples were clueless as to what was going on that you would need a sacrifice and how could there be a, a savior, a messiah, a Christ that would go and die. They wanted a messiah that would be triumphant and that would be powerful and that would ride in and be uh, a conquering servant, uh, a conquering king and yet the Lord wanted to show them a conquering servant. And so at Simon Peter sort of took the lead and he stood up 
And he actually began to rebuke the Lord and said to his disciple, Jesus answered. In fact, he said, he said to him, he said, it's not going to happen. You're not going to Jerusalem and suffer. And the Lord uh, rebuked him with some very strong language and said, get behind me, Satan. But here we see in this Matthew, he says, Jesus then tells his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. All of a sudden, here, the burdens, the thorns, the cross, the selflessness, Jesus knew he was going to have to go through. And we look at it, and I know the pictures, it, it's, it's beautiful, and, and yet in, in reality, when you read the story, it is, uh, it is gruesome. And I, I didn't put some of the photos that uh, have been shown in movies and all, but it gets dark, and it was a hard trial that Jesus went through and he had to sacrifice and kill his own will and his own flesh in order to be willing to climb up on the cross. Oh, it's one thing when you have something that happens to you and you have no control over it. And I know most of us here have no control over the coronavirus and most of us here you know we could say well you know i can avoid i can avoid all contact with everybody and i will i will escape the coronavirus i i don't know how that's possible to do anymore i don't know how it's not airborne i don't know how you can just immediately say well i can make sure i never get it i never i i there's things that we have no control over. And when one person gets it, it's like we have no control. Are they going to get the bad one? Are they going to get a horrible one? An easy one? A, a not easy? Or that? What's going to happen? And that's what we're facing. But yet Jesus had control over whether he would go to the cross. He chose to lay down his life. In fact, when Simon Peter preached on the day of Pentecost after the early church began to speak in other tongues and, and they, he began to preach to those that heard and thought they were drunk. In the second chapter of the book of Acts he said, You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you that did miracles and signs and wonders. You took him. You by wicked hands have crucified him and slain him. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Therefore, my heart did rejoice, my tongue was glad, my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made me know the ways of life, then thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. What Simon was saying to those men that were standing there who had just crucified Jesus, don't be dismayed. What you did was horrible. But there has been a resurrection. Amen. 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 
there's been a resurrection. And that's why this Sunday is so vital to all of Christianity. And it's so vital to us as a church. Because we understand that I know the cross was necessary. The blood, the Passover. But he did not just stay in the tomb. He was there to say there's a resurrection morning coming. And because of this Sunday, I can tell you without any, any worry that I am not speaking the truth unashamedly, unabashedly that just yes, me tell you that if you will just turn to him you can have a resurrection in your life this morning. Paul understood why this was so important. This resurrection Sunday, the tomb and what you heard about the crucifixion. But now you're going to hear in song is that what Paul mentioned in 1 Corinthians. If Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? This is in 1 Corinthians 15. If there's no resurrection, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain and our faith is in vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised not up if so be that the dead do not raise. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain and you are yet in your sins. <laughs> what Paul was saying and I read this to the hyphen group for, uh, Monday night as we taught about 1 Corinthians 15 and 16. I want to tell you, resurrection, what does that mean? It means the same spirit, the same power, the same thing that got Jesus up from the grave. It's not just something that we're looking just back 2,000 years. We're here saying today that there is still resurrection power that is able to change you, that is able to wash you, that is able to deliver you, that is able to transform you, that is able to heal you, that is able to save you, that is able to remove your shame. I'm here to tell you there is resurrection power that can remove all your guilt today. That's why Paul said to the church in Rome, he said, so that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So it's not enough just to come and I, I'm glad all of you are here but to do something and say okay well I'll come to church once it's not about being in the flesh he said but you are not in the flesh but you are in the spirit if the spirit of God dwells in you now if any man have not the spirit of Christ he is none of his and if Christ be in you the body is dead because of sin but the spirit is life because of righteousness but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. What are you saying? The same spirit that allowed Jesus to get up from the grave and the stone rolled away is the same Holy Ghost that you can experience in 2021. That's why Paul 
would, would go and tell the Corinthians, he says, the most important thing to me in my body is the dying of the Lord Jesus. The life of the Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh. Did you get that? That we are dying daily so he can live in me. It's not easy. It's lonely. Sometimes it's agonizing to die out to what I want to do. To say, Lord, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I know fear and I know anxiety and I know... But if I will say, I'm going to bring it back to the cross and I will let your blood cover it, then I know that resurrection spirit of God is able to flow through my life. That's why he would tell the church in Galatia, I am travailing until Christ be formed in you. And he, he, I read last week that I want, I, he said, God forbid that I should glory except in the cross by which the world is crucified unto me and I into the world. And yet I read here, I didn't read last week in Romans the first chapter, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of dead. Notice that verse. He said, I, he was opening his letter, a servant of Jesus Christ. And he said, he was declared to be the Son of God with power. Because he of resurrection, he has power over everything. And he said, according to the spirit of holiness. Now I know we call it the spirit of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. But here he identified it as the spirit of holiness. Why? Because the spirit is supposed to change me. How? By the resurrection of the dead. That's why individuals, they say, well, Paul tried to explain to him in Philippians. Here he was in jail and when he wrote the book of Philippians and he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrections and the fellowship of his sufferings and be made conformable unto death. His death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. He was saying, I want to die daily, not as I've already attained or are perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend. I want to lay hold. I want to catch that which I was apprehended of Christ Jesus. He said, I do not count myself to have apprehended. I haven't achieved perfection yet, but this one thing I do, I forget those things that are in my past. Why? Because they've been covered by the blood and I went through resurrection power of the Holy Ghost. I lay that down and I reach for those things that are in the future. Why? I'm saying by the Spirit, Lord help me, give me strength tomorrow. I want to get rid of this, whatever it is that I'm facing, whatever it is that I'm struggling with. I reach through the Spirit and say, Lord, I want my resurrection. I'm forgetting what I was and I want to be some new creature in Christ Jesus. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's the prize. I'm not compared against you. I'm not comparing myself with whether or not I'm better than you. I have a prize, a calling of God. 
Therefore, let as many as be perfect be thus minded. He said, that's what you have to be. If you want to be perfect, you have to be thus minded. If in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this, even unto you. So don't worry. If you got another idea, the Lord will cross you up. That's what the Holy Ghost is supposed to do. Oh, I don't like to go there. I don't want the church. I don't want anybody to tell me what I'm doing is not right. I don't want to feel bad. I don't want... A cross in my life, Jesus said, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. He said, oh, nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and have this mind in you. He goes on in this same third chapter, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk as you have us for an example. He said, fine, get yourself surrounded by some folks that are trying to do everything they can. They're not perfect. You can say, well, I don't go to church because there's too many people that are imperfect there. Oh great, then join the Republican Party because everybody in that is perfect. Join the Democrats, everybody in that is perfect. Join the Kiwanis, everybody in that is perfect. Oh let me tell you something, I'm not perfect, this church isn't perfect, but we're striving for the mark of the high calling in Jesus. Resurrection Sunday! Oh, you say, and, and he told them, he said, for many walk of whom I've told you often and now tell you weeping, they are enemies of the cross of Christ. When you walk and act and talk, like it doesn't matter what you want to do or it, you're not going to, you don't have to listen to anybody and you don't have to obey the word. He said, you will become an enemy of the cross. The worst thing I could do on Easter Sunday morning is to say I want to be an enemy of the cross of Jesus. That's why he described them as being their end is their destruction, their God is their belly. In other words, they do whatever they want. When your God is your belly, it's what do I want? That's what I do. How do I feel? I don't feel like raising my hands. I don't feel like it's not my personality to praise the Lord. It's not my, it's not me. It's, this is not me. Oh, that's you. You have that. But I don't like that. I become an enemy of the cross whenever my God becomes what I want. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he said, whose glory is their shame. I don't care what you achieve in life. It will nothing be nothing but shameful. When it pales in comparison to the day when the Lord returns and says, Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. He said, Who mind nothing but earthly things. And I know you're here today to celebrate the Resurrection Sunday. And I realize that all of us at times have acted as enemies. But let, let me finish this third chapter and then, then the choir is going to sing and worship. And you're not going to have to endure any more preaching. But notice Philippians the third chapter and the 20th verse. For our conversation is in heaven. What have you been talking about? Have you been talking about all the problems and all the this and all of that? Or have you been talking about, I can't wait to see my resurrected Savior. 
Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. There to dwell forever. Oh, hallelujah. Why? Because I want you to understand. I don't have a chance unless he changes my vile body <laughs> and it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things to himself resurrection morning is, is a wonderful day for me because it reminds me I still need a resurrection of this old body I haven't yet achieved perfection yet I'm striving for it that means at times I've got to forget all the stuff in the past and reach toward the future because when he came, he came and he rose from the dead so that I could experience my own personal resurrection. Let's give the Lord a hand praise right now.